Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Sensi Brewcast. It's the voice of Sensi Craft. Uh, we are coming off of an unintentional hiatus. If you uh, are a regular listener to the show, the last couple weeks, I didn't put a show out because uh, my kids, I think they hate me, is what I'm deciding. I think that they are determined um, to remove every outlet I have to get out of the house <laughs> and, and make things miserable. I love my kids, but uh, they are absolute terrorists. And uh, even today, I was getting ready to walk out of the house and uh, chaos. Chaos ensues and um, it just, it's nonstop. But we're, we're here. We're finally back out to get another show. Last week was um, kind of a uh, maybe a, a an apology show, a quick little uh, um, a quick little filler just to kind of keep you guys uh, entertained a little bit. I was sitting in the rain while we were camping, uh, drinking some Oktoberfest beer. So hopefully you listened to that one. There is plenty more Oktoberfest content coming in the near future. I promise you that I have an entire fridge full of Oktoberfest beers in the garage. Um, but this is back to kind of uh, what uh, the bread and butter of the show is. We are sitting in a tap room and we are sitting in a new tap room at that, which is always fun for me to help kind of uh, tell you guys the story of what this place is and get you excited about coming down here because um, this place definitely surprised me a little bit for on, on the good side. I was, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that all, <laughs> as we get into things, but uh, we're at Barleycorn's Brewhouse uh, with Shane Trago. Did Hello. I pronounce the last name right? Trigo. Uh, yep. Trigo. Yep. Uh, welcome to the show. Um, this place is, is, is like I said, it was a bit of a surprise for me. I mean, it shouldn't be at this point. I mean, we're in Cincinnati. It seems like every brewery that opens up is fantastic. Um, but this idea of, um, a, a restaurant group, uh, starting to dive into the, uh, uh, the brewing world, um, at one time, I think maybe that would set people into a bit of concern that it's not going to be what we expect as craft beer drinkers. Um, you guys have proven, proven that horrible stereotype wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it was tough for us to make that decision as well without really knowing what to expect. Right. Right. We, the, the restaurant side of the business, uh, they're very good and they operate very well. Um, they're very good at it. The brewery side, it's new for us. It's 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 new for me, and yeah. So we kind of just said, I can take some of my experience from from my previous career, being in quality management systems and process engineering, and my passion for home brewing, and kind of bring it to light in this little place down here in Wilder, Kentucky. So even even that idea that I mean, there's again, there's there have been throughout the history of of breweries a lot of horror stories of home brewers making that jump and not being able to properly make that jump from um you know brewing at home to what do you, you guys are on a five barrel here yes um, i mean that's that's a that's a pretty good leap to to, to jump into that but um you've nailed it like uh, the beers are all great i mean we'll talk about the beers we'll, we'll drink the beers but um uh spoiler alert they're good <laughs> well, we appreciate that um, but uh, th this place was a pleasant surprise. I know that um, there are probably some people that are listening to this that uh, were hesitant or are hesitant to come down to a place that is that's new. Like, oh, I got my spot that's close to me. And, and for, unless you're close to here, then this is now your spot. Um, 
and especially when it's like, oh, it's just a, it's a restaurant trying to make beer, and it's you know, I, I don't, I don't care about that. And right. I'm, I'm trying to implore to people that you should be caring about places that uh, that are making great beer and doing it in a uh, a, a unique way. Um, it, even the idea of coming into an old firehouse, which this was the the firehouse here in Wilder. Um, you could walk in and it could be very sterile and we've all been to those craft breweries that you walk in and it's, you know, the, uh, uh picnic tables sitting in concrete with a, uh, couple, uh, Edison bulbs hanging over the bar. Like that's, yeah. that's very easy yeah. to, to do now. Uh, this is, this is, uh, there's, you know, uh, lots of yellows and blues and it's just, it's very, um, very nice, <laughs> which coming into a firehouse could go the other way. Yeah. The good thing is, um, the One Holland Group does have um, separate departments that kind of work on things. Right? Sure. We've got a, a marketing team. We've got a design team. We've got a, a, a service or um, a team that works on facilities, right? A facilities team. And when we were working on this, uh, we, we brought in a partner, which is Furlong Construction. They've done several other breweries in the area. So they guided us on, you know, what to expect when, when trying to open a brewery. And how do you and and how do we make that function in the back end? So that's kind of how we how we came up with the design right. and and the concept of what we have here. That the the thing that came late was the idea to bring in to make this barley corns. Right, the company bought barley corns in December of of uh, twenty or twenty. Right, yeah, twenty twenty one twenty one. I guess it is. And with doing that, then it, it kind of exposed another issue for us. Not an issue, but an opportunity mm -hmm. that why not make this a barley corns brew house, right? right. Why, don't we, why don't we try in making our own beer for a well-known sports bar, beer drinking place? Well, that's interesting. So uh, this is part of, um, speaking of the, the one hauling group, this is, this is not the only brewery that they're going to do. They have another project that was the first project they started talking about that's down in uh, Independence. Yep. Um, uh, so th the idea all along wasn't to have something feeding into barley corns. Uh, it was that started before kind of the, no, the, the... The idea was to have a place to work on recipes and do test batches and build our experience for when 1842 comes on. Right. Right. That was the idea. And then from that spun off... Um, I found this system from uh, a guy down in uh, OTR that uh, had it available. So picked that up. Um, then we were able to actually support a tap room like this. Was this uh, off track? Off track. That, yeah. yeah. Yep. Love those guys. Love what they yeah. were doing. Yeah. Good guy. It's a shame. Dave, Dave's a good guy. <laughs> um, uh, let, let's let's dive into a beer first before we kind of get into more of the uh, uh, the story. It's from the beer fridge because as I, we were talking before we started the show, um, we used to do every show from the studio and we had a beer fridge in the studio and we would literally open up the beer fridge and just pull out random beers to drink during the show uh, from the beer tap. Yeah, now we have a tap. <laughs> um, I think we are starting with the one that I have not had yet, right? Yeah, the, the cream ale. Uh, it's what we call the creamy kitty. Um, I, I have to say it because people are going to comment. It's a terrible <laughs> name for a beer. Uh, you guys should 100% change the name of this beer. <laughs> well, yeah. Just have to say it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just do things anyway, right? <laughs> tell, tell me about, uh, so cream ale, especially here in Cincinnati, is um, it's it's part of the culture, yes. I guess. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Little Kings shout and those little, little tiny Kings, green exactly bottles. Right. I think they're soon to be coming back here. Very they soon. are. They're working hard to yeah. get them back. Yeah. Um, tell me about the beer a little bit, though. Yeah, so the beer is just, uh, you know, Straight up cream ale, nothing, nothing too special there. 
lightly, lightly bettering hops, um, corn, corn sweetness. Mouthfeel is, is okay. It's good. There's, um, the hard thing is you can't hide anything in that, right? You got to make sure. I love the way that one smells. There's like a, um, what is that? Corn. Yeah, maybe, but it's um, a little citra. Maybe that's it. The the corn with the um, the citrusy kind of. Yeah, I use citra on the uh, on the the late edition on it, so you can pick up a little bit of that. It it smells super fresh and kind of uh, kind of uh, light and refreshing, as best I can put. Which sometimes sometimes cream ales don't come off that way. They kind of. Um, there's, there's a little, and, little yeah. messy. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you got that, uh, that sulfury type, yeah, uh, yeah. nose to is, them too. This is great. Um, I, like I said, I'm a huge cream ale fan. I think a lot of people here in the city are just, uh, for a lot of different reasons, uh, the, maybe the nostalgia of it or, or, or maybe not, but, um, it's, it's one of those styles that definitely, uh, means something mm-hmm. in the city. Um, this is a great example of one. This is good. It's hard to, to, take a beer like this and still keep it light and refreshing and something that uh, um, maybe the uh, the non-craft beer drinkers are going to be excited about. I hate exactly. the idea of gateway beers. Um, I think that it, 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 it... Somehow you have to do that, right? Yeah, it, it, I, but it, this is this is perfect in that category. 90% of the questions when they go to the bar is give me something that's... Uh, what's the lightest yeah, you got, you, right? You all got Bud Light. You all got some Bud Light up in here? Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit and we'll keep working through this flight as we go. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's talk a little bit about your story. So you, you said that you came from a different industry. Mm-hmm. Um, we're homebrewing. How long have you been homebrewing? Been homebrewing for this, our five years, actually. How'd you, get, came into this. how'd you get started into homebrewing? Uh, I had a colleague that, uh, was a, um, a, a engineer that worked on the lean side and, uh, he had been homebrewing for like 10 years and, one day he invited me over and kind of fell in love with it. It was in November of 16, I guess. And uh, kind of did a couple more brews with him. And then he he had decided that um, he kind of wanted to get out of it. Right. He offered me his, his homebrew setup, which is also, you know, kind of cool when everybody makes their own thing, right? Sure. And so I, I picked that up from him with the, with the notion that he had to do three beers with me, three brews with me, right? So... We did that and we became very good friends and we ended up brewing uh, a lot more at my basement. <laughs> Wait, more than three? <laughs> a lot more than three, yeah. And enjoyed, enjoyed some good times, uh, learned a lot. Um, a lot of these beers you have in front of you are, are beers that I designed there in the basement. That's fun. So, uh, What is it about home brewing that kind of made it stick with you? I know that there's, there's some people that get really, really obsessed with writing recipes or the process of brewing, or even like the, the tinkering of putting together a brew house and, and always changing things and improving things. Yeah. I guess like every, every home brewery, they try to do too much in the beginning, right? right. You know, I got to put a bunch of this here and a bunch of this in it. Cause it's going to be great. Yeah. I it's, love hoppy beers. Let's yeah. dump these in here. Yeah. And, it, and it's, <laughs> it's just not that way. And, and having my background and, and I understand that, you know, you make one or two changes at a time. Right, and you and you and you test it, and then you do it again, and then you do it again. You decide is it is it the beer you want to have? If not, you're going to make one more change to it, and then once you get to to that to that beer that you want for whatever style it is, then I would then repeat it, mm-hmm. you know, at least three times and do vertical comparisons to make sure do I have a stable process in my small little homebrew system, right? Right. So that was kind of the 
the process that I used or that throughout the whole thing, right? And for me, the one of the, one of the coolest things or the the most satisfaction is when you when you do that and you pass them off to your friends. Wow, man, that's a good beer. Did you <laughs> well, make that? It's hard because uh, a lot of times with home brewers, they'll pass off their beer to their friends, and everybody's going to say it's good because it's free. <laughs> it's like as soon as as soon as yes, you move into yeah. something like this, where now all of a sudden, uh, not only are you on a, a, a bigger system and a little little crazier kind of setup. Now you got people paying for your beer, so you know yeah. that making that jump sometimes is hard for people to um, to be ready for the actual criticism to come. Right. I was, uh, you know, I was fortunate because I, he also introduced me to the Northern Kentucky Homebrewers Guild. Right. Right. And there's a lot of good guys there that, sure. that know beer. Right. So I would I would take them to brew outs and say, "What do you guys think? It's bad. It's good. You should do this or do that." There's, there's a couple guys there that know what they're talking about. <laughs> I like all those guys. That's a, that's a good group of people there. Yeah. There are some, there are some extremely talented people within that group. Yeah. So um, that was definitely a part of, part of, you know, getting to where I am today is having that kind of feedback from people like that. Right. At, at what point along your journey did you get hooked up with the, uh, the one Holland folks? Uh, we started talking probably in, in 2020, October of 2020, we kind of started talking about independence. Right. Um, just, you know, having conversations, having meetings, talking about these concepts and, and what it would look like. Um, so they were, not, they were looking for a brewer and that's where you kind of yeah, came I'm, into there? Yeah, I'm friends with, one, with, with the owner and um, I guess being a, a home brewer was somehow a qualification for that. <laughs> not so much, but... <laughs> you know you how know, to make beer. <laughs> yes, you know how to make beer. You can do it, yeah. Um, well, it is, it is like for... For people that either haven't home brewed or um, have not been kind of introduced to that world, the idea of like you've got these ingredients, you've got you know malt and and hops and this this thing called yeast that none of us really understand as, yep. as beer drinkers, um, you know, and all of that is supposed to come together and create all of these different uh, different types of beer. It's it's magic. It doesn't make sense how it all comes together and happens. Um, so I can I can understand like that. Uh, Oh no! <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's 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 similar to cooking. It's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Ingredients, not too much, right? Right. And then a, a good, clean process of of, of manufacturing. It it's or, it's similar to cooking, except for the fact that you know you uh, not only when you when you make it, then you have to wait to actually try what it's going to taste like right. for 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 a while. Yeah, the um, delay. But you also. You're at the mercy brewing. of still this this magic of, of of yeast of fermentation. You know, you create this product that does not taste anything like it's going to taste when it's done. And then you just kind of put it in there and you let the yeast do its thing. And you're like, all right, you guys do this thing that, uh, that, that you, yeah. you, so, I hope you're happy doing. today. Yeah, I, I hope you I to kept be happy. happy enough to, it gets, it is, there is some kind of magic to it. Like mm -hmm. it's a, it's a really neat process and something that, uh, I, I still don't think even as big as craft beer has gotten and as, as knowledgeable as most, drinkers are about beer now i still don't think that people appreciate when they sit down at a bar and order a beer what has gone into that and that again that magic of it that that, that art of fermentation is something that um I, I wish more people uh more people appreciated when they were uh, when they were when they were sitting okay. down drinking a beer um okay so Let's let's drink another beer, and then we'll yeah. we'll talk a little bit about uh, kind of uh, independence, and then how this place kind of uh, popped onto the uh, the the roadmap. Sure. So now we'll go to the popping pills or the German pilsner. Uh, 
by far my favorite style. So uh, if I if I pick this one apart, just a heads up. It's yeah. my, one of my favorite styles of beer. Right. Well, we're doing a flight here, so you don't get the, the presentation in the nice Pilsner glass that, that gives <laughs> Which, you that. You guys do deserve a massive shout out for that too. Uh, uh, you serve it in a champagne, like a, a champagne flute, like it's or a, a, a pilsner flute, yeah. a pilsner kind of. Uh, Bring the aromatics into your face, right? It's uh, it's it's absolutely beautiful to see it sitting on the bar too, and um, you get you get props for glassware. Yeah, with the with the, the bubbles dancing. All right. We'll we'll, yeah. we'll see if the glassware can stick. Right. Uh, too many places start out with great proper glassware, and then six months later they're serving out of shaker pints or something like that. It's, don't do that, guys. Don't do that anybody. No shaker pints. So tell me a little bit about this beer. Yeah, so this beer um, historically had, had been a problematic beer for me in the, in the, in the homebrew side, simply because of just you can't hide anything at all. I mean, it's just you got, oh, yeah. you got grain, you got a little bit of hops and, and water, right, and your yeast. So as a home brewer, you have to maintain a lower fermentation temperature for this. So in that case, I had little refrigerators where my carboy would go in and I would, you know, monitor that right. too. And then you had to take it to the, the dicetal rest and, and all that. Um, at the point that I racked it off into the other, the secondary is where I picked up some problems. So I had like a 50% success rate. <laughs> and I was like, why is it not good this time? Yeah, it was the only beer I actually dumped in, in my backyard was, was this beer. Um, so going into going into what we're doing now, I, I, I took that very seriously and was like, okay, I'm going to make sure that this one is not going to have that problem. And, of course, uh, when, you, when you set up a brewery properly, it, you can avoid a lot of that kind of stuff. Sure. Right, with proper sanding. So... Um, and, and again, going back to that temperature control, I think is something that, again, yeah. a lot of people don't think about that is super, super important. Yeah, this, 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 this increments, like this. Uh, I think I ferment this at 52, I guess, yeah. It's it's delicious. It oh. is uh, so the the first time that I was here and I tried it, I thought it was a little bit on the hoppy side. I'm not getting that today, so I wonder if it's it. kind of faded out a that, little bit. No, or, that was a change. Is this is a change. This is, this is the second. Okay. the second batch. I mean, um, this is only batch two. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was again, and a little bit hoppy is not bad with the pilsner. It's you know that's, right. that's a, especially in today's world yeah. of. I got some comments and, like, uh, "Hey, did you dry hop that?" And I'm like, "No." It was just I, I think that 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 initial uh, bittering addition was a little bit. A little bit high, right? Because good. sometimes when you scale things, it doesn't always work, right? Which you you know, so you make a slight little changes. So this was just a, only thing we did to this one was a slight little change to the bittering up. Yeah. So it's that that bittering um, that end bitterness is, is dissipates a little quicker, right? It's you know the pilsner to me is the uh, uh, perfect example of uh, balance in beer. Every single ingredient has to play an equally important role, and uh, that's that's really hard to do and hard to. Uh, um, again, you, you can't hide anything yeah. in these beers. So, uh, something that's a little bit off pops out front and center above everything else. And then, then the whole beer is shot. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you take a risk when you put that one out there, right? You better, right. It better be right. Right. Now, this is a, this is a great one. And it, it's hard. Uh, historically speaking, you didn't see a lot of, uh, craft breweries coming out of the gate with, with a lager number one, um, for a lot of different reasons, mm -hmm. but then something that's a lighter lager like this, where you, you, don't have room for some of those mistakes. Um, we didn't have a lot of that happening just in the, say five years ago, we didn't have a lot of that happening. Whereas, whereas now it's almost, it's kind of expected of you now. <laughs> that's, that's difficult to do because like you said, a lot of, or a lot of places are not set up to properly do something like this. Right. Um, and that's one of my things when I go to a new brewery or go to any brewery, the first thing I do is, is pick a, a light log. Right. You know, let's see how that is. 
right? And that kind of yeah. gives me an indication of, you know, what the brewer does. Sometimes I ease my way there. I've started to, uh, to, I was always that way where I'm, you know, against my favorite style. So if I see one, oh, I want that. Now I kind of start with something else just in case I'm let down by. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I, I never, I never give, uh, I mean, I appreciate all the beer that anyone, that uh, these guys are making out there. And, and But I never really criticize anything. I just, you know, enjoy it and say, okay, I might have done something a little different, but right. it's just me, right? Well, that's true. Like it's, you know, any, any time that you sit down at a bar and you drink a beer that maybe it's not, you don't, you don't enjoy it that much for whatever reason, there's somebody that that's their favorite beer in the world. Yes, exactly. And that's sometimes that's hard as, uh, as beer people, or, um, sometimes I think that the, uh, the online community sometimes gets a little critical of things and, um, it's hard sometimes to remind yourself that, uh, that, just because you thought something didn't didn't meet your standards doesn't mean that there's actually something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, or even if there is something wrong, doesn't mean that that's not somebody's favorite beer. <laughs> so, or maybe it was designed that way. Sure, and that's what they that's what they targeted, right? Never know. It's uh, it's hard for people to get that through their heads. Sometimes we we live in this weird uh, world of self importance because of the <laughs> internet. Yeah, um, and we think that uh, our opinion is the only one that matters. Uh, so let's talk about. Uh, the, Kind of so, the uh, the the Independence Project was eighteen forty forty two. Eighteen forty two. Independence Brewing Company. That's still coming. That is still a massive, massive project, right? Yes. Um, this was kind of popping up in the meantime to uh, to to kind of get, get the ducks in the row, figure out what. Yeah, what. <laughs> exactly. To standardize processes, uh, get our recipes dialed in. Um. So work on understanding what a ta- how a tap room operates, right? Right. The, the restaurant side, again, these guys, that's what they do. They're very, very good at it. Um, now, incorporating a, uh, a tap room and understanding beer mixes and what, what we can make and what we have to purchase as guest taps, you know, mm-hmm. that, that balance. Just a lot of things that um, is going to help us in the future for when right. we do launch the, the bigger project. So this will serve as um, kind of a, a pilot brewery for the other place? Is that you could say that yes? It's um, called a test kitchen, right? Test right. kitchen, both with uh, what's happening in the back with food and what's happening here in the in the front side with the beer. Sorry, I was taking a sip. <laughs> it's really hard sometimes. <laughs> Um, so, uh, we will see uh, similar offerings at the other place as yes. far as the beers go. Very similar. If not, if not, you know, kind of the, the, the same beers, kind of both places, kind of bouncing back and forth. and Yeah. So, um, I mean, we've, we've got a challenge to do on the branding side, and, and we'll get that hashed out within the next, you know, months. Um, and we'll figure out exactly what that's going to be. That's interesting. I, you know, um, I'm curious to see kind of uh, how people how people feel about uh, barley corn's brew house that kind of comes across as a, as a chain, whereas the, the other place might have more of its own personality and kind of see how people react differently to the two different ideas. And um, yeah, being a, a new entity or a brand new concept, right. you know, that's, it's a little bit different than carrying over with, with barley corns and, you know, barley corn has been around for what, 40 something years or 40 years, something yeah. like that. Um, they're well known. They've got good food, good service, oh, uh, great wings. locations. The wings are incredible, yeah. guys. Exactly. So, you know, this is just kind of like just that little addition to that with right. a little spin on how about we make our own beer here and see what happens. Right. I, 
I'm curious to see in the future as uh, as craft beer keeps kind of evolving and changing and um, as the restaurant industry has to start evolving and changing to how how many other places kind of pick up on this idea and be like, oh, mm-hmm. wait a minute, we we could do that. We could make our own beer as long as you get somebody in to, to do it that can make good beer. <laughs> That's step one. If anybody's listening to this, trying to lay out their plans for dominating the world of restaurant, bar, brewery things, um, get somebody that knows how to make beer. Um, there's a lot of potential for a lot of places to do something like this. And I anticipate that a lot of them are kind of watching right now what you guys are doing and be like, okay, let's, let's see how this goes. Yeah. Right. Is that, so is that a little, a little stressful on your part to know that you are (laughs) in, in, in a lot of ways, you know, we'll just, we'll say locally, you know, there are other restaurant groups locally that, uh, are probably watching you very closely right now. Yeah. I mean, my personality, I'm not really that stressful kind of person, right? right? But, uh, you know, there is some pressure with just making sure that, you know, I have a job to do here. My job is to make good beer for the, for the, for the, uh, for the tap room here. And, you know, I, my focus is just to make sure that whatever I bring out of there is what it needs to be. But if it's not, it doesn't come out of that room, right? right? It goes somewhere else. At least you can always, like, take it and marinate some meat or something with it. Yeah, yeah something. <laughs> Make some, make some fish, <laughs> make some fish, fish batter or something. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's drink another beer. Sure. Okay. Now we are going to the Valhalla. So the Valhalla is, I went here just because it's a little bit lighter than what we have for the wet and wilder, which mm-hmm. is the, the first IPA that came out of here. Um, the idea was to make it a little more current. Uh, the one I had was a more of a classic style IPA. Mm-hmm. So a little, a little bit more malt forward. Um, Pretty much the same amount of bitterness, um, not too high, somewhere in the 40s. Or it's like 58, I think, something like that. Um, but kept the bitterness the same, just lightened up the the, the, uh, the specialty grains in it. Right. It's hard to understand what people want from their IPA because mm-hmm. IPA has become such a weird, big category now with, uh, you know, you've got cold IPAs and hazy IPAs and New England IPAs and west coast ipas and east coast ipas and midwest ipas and there's everything that anybody can white ipa anything black ipa anything people that can slap ipa onto they are and i think as as a beer drinker that becomes very confusing now that people like oh yeah i like ipa it's like okay what what does that mean what does that mean (laughs) what kind of ipa i was uh, quick story. I was sitting in a bar. I've, I've probably told this on the show. If I did, I'm sorry, guys. Just hit the little fast forward for like 30 seconds. Um, I was sitting in a bar one time, and this guy walked up, and he uh, uh, it was a, a bar kind of bottle shop place, and he ordered a uh, flight of. He's like, I want to try all your IPAs. I love IPAs. This is my thing. I just I discovered this, and I'm I'm absolutely in love with them. I need to try all of them. I got to figure out which one is my IPA, you know, and they poured him this flight and he picked up the first one. It was some kind of big, you know, West Coast IPA. He picks it up and made this face like he had just tried the worst thing in the world. He's like, oh, what is this? I one of the IPAs. And she's like, oh, it's, you know, it's whatever it was, you know, it was mm-hmm. Bodhi. Yeah. He's like, oh, this isn't an IPA. And she's like, well, yeah, it is. <laughs> He's like, no, IPAs are supposed to be fruity and they're hazy and then go on. And then he said... Yeah. That was what the style is supposed to be, which isn't isn't wrong, depending on what you're yeah, it, what you're talking it, it, this about. This became wide open for IPAs. I mean, you can pretty much do anything today. But, but trying to figure out 
you know, I guess you should put a little bit of everything on, on tap at some point, but trying to figure out where you lean with, right. uh, if, especially if you're trying to go some kind of flagship idea of, mm-hmm. um, what your IPA is, <laughs> it's hard to figure out yeah. where it sits in that spectrum. Yeah, in general, my strategy coming in was I've got to keep them somewhat on the milder side of IPAs. So I'm not getting into the 70, 80s IBUs, right? Keeping it somewhere in mid fifties or, or lower just because I don't understand my customers yet. Right. Right. And they're going to give me feedback and tell me, okay, I like it. I don't like it. Or I want something a little bit more than that. Uh, we all know we have a little guy sitting in the corner with a Pliny, El- Pliny the Elder. I mean, that's like the, <laughs> that's like the holy grail of, of, uh, of IPAs, right? Sort of. <laughs> sort of. Sort of. Yeah. But I mean, to me it is. Right. right, right. That's my opinion. And so I knew that I couldn't come up with something like that. First, first of all, I can't make that. And the second thing is that I don't know if my customers here are going to, not all of them. Right. right. There's going to be a few, right? But, well, um, I think, and speaking specifically of, of Pliny, like it, I'll never forget the first time I tried it because I, I had been drinking craft beer for a while before I finally got a hold of it and tried it. And it was, I was let down by it. I'm like, yeah. oh, all this. So it was like the new Top this Gun money. It. <laughs> it was like the new Top Gun movie where you're like everybody talks about it. You're like, I was oh, not, it's not that good. I was not let down by that movie. That was amazing. <laughs> so you know how fast I drove home from the movie theater after uh, watching that yeah, movie? Yeah. The I'm windows low. down. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Pliny, uh, and I recognize what the beer is and where it sits in the uh, the story of craft beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I again going back to IPA there is so much now that like the people have people have gone way bigger than that. Now people have, uh, people have done things that, that make Pliny taste like a pale ale. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard. It's hard to kind of figure out well, you know, what com- to do. It comes for down people. to balance as well. Right. There's a lot of times you have beers that are, you know, super malt forward without some pop outs. Right. Or vice versa. Right? right. Something like that back in his day when it was developed, it was like, to me, again, the holy grail. Right. Right. It's still a great beer. Don't get me still wrong. Still a great beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's take a quick break. Uh, let's hear from, from our sponsors because support for Cincy Brewcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Uh, their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Uh, Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. It's 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code GNOME at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, six million men that is 12 million balls roughly <laughs> manscaped sent me the their performance package 4.0 uh, i 100 have been using it to make sure that it's something that i can recommend to you guys as listeners of this show um it's it needs to be worthy of you and, or your balls or the balls of the people that you love um inside you'll find the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer the weed whacker which is an ear and nose hair trimmer the crop preserver ball deodorant the crop reviver toner uh performance boxer briefs and a travel bag that kind of holds it all together uh, the trimmer which is the lawnmower 4.0 uh, i can safely say that it is the best 
absolute best bald hair trimmer that I have ever used. <laughs> I mean that from the bottom of my heart. It uses cutting edge ceramic blade, uh, reduces grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. It's waterproof. It's also got this really cool uh, 4000K LED spotlight built into the, the, the razor itself. Uh, it is absolutely excellent. The Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer might just be my favorite thing out of the whole kit. Uh, as I get older, uh, there's weird hairs that start sprouting out of my ears and my nose and things like that. And this thing trims them right up. You don't have to pluck them out with the, the tweezers, which uh, we all know that is uh, not fun to do. <laughs> uh, the uh, the Crop Reserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Toner. Um, it changes your uh, your hygiene hygiene routine for sure. Um, your balls will definitely thank you. you. Just give them a little uh, little spritz, and they are fresh and, and ready to uh, continue the day. <laughs> if that's not enough, they throw in two free gifts, which is the boxers and then the bag that it all goes in. Um, seriously, this stuff uh, it it is 100% worth the money. I uh, completely recommend it. Fully recommend it. Uh, it's time to take care of yourself. Uh, get 20% off free shipping with the code GNOME at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Make sure that you use the code GNOME, G-N-O-M-E. Uh, unlock your confidence. Always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Huge thank you goes to Manscaped for their support with this show. Uh, it's, it's extremely appreciated uh, by both me uh, and my balls. Uh, 100%. So this, um, so this is this is interesting because I, I kind of on that same thing, I think that this is this is a great beer. Are people who walk in and want an IPA are they going to get this big? Like, oh, this is this is this is too tame for where right. I want an IPA to be. Um, it, yeah, that's definitely a risk that you have, right? So why ended up with this this Valhalla or this what I call a current West Coast? The, the classic one, the, 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 uh, the, the Wet and Wilder, if we just step over for that one for a yeah. little bit and just, just compare the, the difference here. You can tell me right away what you pick up early compared to the Valhalla. Uh, so the, uh, the Wet and Wilder is a little bit softer, a little bit uh, fruitier, a little bit, um, a little bit more of that uh, New England kind of... Uh, uh, inspiration probably versus yeah. the West Coasty kind of yeah. um, bitter um, leaning side of the uh, the Valhalla for me. Uh, yeah. Super citrusy on the Valhalla, mm -hmm. uh, super kind of fruit. And I, I recognize that, that citrus means fruit also, but it's yeah. more of right. a um, kind of tropical kind of. Uh, so yeah, more of like that that kind of mangoey kind of tropical side of. Yeah. So other than other than messing with the with the malt bill a little bit, just on the on the dry hop side, the Valhalla has a, one more addition in it, right? So it just gives you the. Um, sometimes it's it can be too much, and sometimes it's not enough. So yeah, there's still some bitterness on the end of the uh, um, the Wet and Wilder too. Mm -hmm. But coming coming from one sip of Valhalla to the next sip being from the Wet and Wilder, yeah, um, it's interesting how. You get that. There's a big difference there, right? There is a big difference. There's some commonalities, but there's there, there, there's differences there, and, and that was one of the things I wanted to pay attention to. Is is I can't go too crazy, right? I can't do what I want to do. I have to be considerate of what the public <laughs> wants and what, what, what our customers want. Yeah, that's a that's a fun 
fun statement because there are a lot of people that get into craft beer and I'm, I'm not faulting this. I, I think that there's value in it, but people that come out and say, look, I, I like this thing. I like this thing about beer, this type of beer, this, this thing. I'm going to make a brewery and that's what I'm going to do. And people that also like that will find me. And I'm going to create this, this haven for people that are like me to have what they want. Then there's this other side of people like, look, I, there's some of that of trying to kind of push people towards something and let them try something mm -hmm. that I believe in. Uh, but at the end of the day, the people that are sitting at my bar are customers and I should be making them happy. And Number uh, one objective. Uh, it should be the number one objective. It's not always, <laughs> not always. Um, but it's, and you won't always have success, <laughs> but it's, but man, it's, it's cause I, I struggle with that idea too. Like I, I, sometimes I feel like one way is the right way. And then other days I feel like the other way is the right way too. of, you know, screw what the majority of people that are walking in the door wants. I believe that this is right. So it should be right. <laughs> But then other days I'm like, no, okay, I'm a drinker. If I walk in and I tell you that your, you know, your, your Pilsner probably isn't a Pilsner. Um, and that should mean something to you as a brewer. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to take your opinion and say, yeah, okay, awesome. But there are a lot you, of people that, for, that go the other way. I'm like, no, this is what my Pilsner is supposed to say. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, but, Ideally that's the, that, that's what you want. Right there. I mean, it's, uh, uh, it, it's weird as, um, cause I mean, I, I, I'm a creator, I'm an artist as my profession. Like mm -hmm. that's the, a big part of what I do is trusting in what I am creating with the thing, the, the, the art side of it too. Uh, brewing is an art. Like there is some of that that has to go into this of, um, sometimes putting something out that you're like, okay, this some is, insight we're going to we're gonna have to, yeah. we're gonna have to talk to people and we're going to have to explain to people what the idea is here and kind of ease them into this thing. Uh, going back to, to Pliny, when, when Pliny came out, if you put that in front of somebody, like, oh, this is this beer's gone bad. Yeah, it's you way know? too much, yeah. But then look at what the beer is, and we right. know now what the beer is. So there, there's a balance there, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, trying, to, trying to find a way to uh, express your creativity and um, grow as an artist. Right, and, you know, you, you kind of didn't allude to it, but I will allude you have to check your ego a little bit, right? You have sure. to like, you know, I, I, I prefer things maybe a special way and I'll, I'll make this for myself at home or whatever. Right. But, um, I don't want to act like I'm just conforming, but somehow you have to like be considerate of that. There should be a, a beers about balance. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> for, and, and balance for, to what you sell in a tap room is every, part of it. For every part of conforming that you do as a brewer, yeah. there should also be something that you push yourself outside of that, that comfort zone and, and try to try to do something else, you know? And that's, uh, um, I think that's, that's difficult on both sides for some people. Some people lean very heavy into the, uh, the art and the, uh, the, I know, I know better. Yeah. And what's <laughs> and new, people... what's current, what's, you know, I've got to do something different. I got to do this, this, and this. And, you know, just how I'm wired is, is I need to be able to be good at what I do first before right. I start adding, you know, changing and bringing things out. So right now we've got six examples that we have on the table. Um, five here. You're missing the, the one crazy Norse, which sold like crazy. With <laughs> I did get to try that. <laughs> you, you did get to try it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, just brewed it yesterday. So it's, it's cooking. Um, yeah. So my goal is to take these and, and get them down to what we want. Feedback for myself, feedback for my sister brewer, Brendan Evans, and 
also feedback from the from the tap room, right? And then recreate those, and then do it again, right? Let's let's get some standardization into this. Let's get them nailed down, and then move on to something different, right? So right, that's right. that's kind of the strategy that we have, or that I have here. Let's you know, it. I'm going to be criticized for for not trying a lot of new things. You know, right now I should have a Oktoberfest. I don't. <laughs> you know, it's a decision that I made. Right? Um, if you don't have an Oktoberfest next year, I might start poking at you and yes, prodding, give yes, you a little shit. Exactly right. I mean, we got um, Saunders down here, so that's a great uh, example. And, well, and that's the thing too. Like, you guys do have guest apps, so you mm-hmm. have things that are kind of filling some of those gaps yeah. that you haven't been able to to hit yet. Yes, um, you have a lot of um, leaned heavily into the the local scene. Depending on your definition of local, I mean, you know, we've got Country Boy, which we love. Um, we're in Kentucky. That's local. <laughs> oh, you got what? Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to look over there. You got Braxton. You got Saunder. Country Boy. Uh, is there an, another Saunder? Is there two Saunder beers? Two Saunders, yeah. The um, bus. Uh, looks like there's 50 West, uh, West Sixth, and then I can't tell the other one. Yeah, the 50 West is a collaboration with Barleycorns. It's right, right, right. That red, oh yeah, that red. Oh, that was good beer too. Um, we could we could probably talk about every one of those guest apps. Right, there's tons of good stuff. Yeah. Uh, but but that idea of like, especially when you're starting out as a, a brew pub model like this, where um, you're trying to nail those core styles and the the things that are going to always be here for people. Um, you you have to fill the gaps. You have to get other stuff that the craft beer nuts are sometimes walking in wanting. Yeah, but again, the priority for me is to is to fill those gaps for right. or not fill the gaps, but. To, to what, are, what are our staples, right? Yeah. I don't know which one of these are going to be our staple. Uh, the Pilsner. <laughs> it seems to be. I, I can't make enough, enough of it. Yeah, it seems to be that one. So, yeah, who knows, right? It's, it's, it's fun, especially with uh, that brew pub model to see where people do lean because you get stuff like an Oktoberfest beer that just pairs so well with food, too. Mm-hmm. So if people kind of start leaning into things like that, it... it, it it does make sense to me because this is such a food-heavy place. I mean, um, uh, you guys just opened the doors, and there's already uh, a few tables here filled with people um, that I'm, I don't even think they're drinking beer. I don't think anybody's got a beer in front of them. They're all just here to eat. Like, that's, that's, part, of, that's part of this game. Yeah, this is, this is week four. Right. Right. It's, it's early. It's, it's not noon yet. No, most, most people don't drink the way I do. <laughs> I'll give them all a pass. <laughs> um, uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about how things go forward on the journey of uh, developing beer styles. Mm-hmm. Um, how how crazy do you envision long term kind of pushing what you guys do here? Is this going to lean? Because brew pub model to me, I still think back to the '90s where you walk in, you have a uh, a blonde ale, you have a porter. You have a fruited wheat beer. You, have, you, know, you, you can envision the tap right. list already. Um, and I think sometimes that's still what people expect when they say brew pub. Um, how, how far outside of that uh, standard kind of idea do you envision um, this place making beer? <laughs> if, that, I'm not if, that's, sure. if that's actually a question. Yeah, I'm not sure that I have the... Uh... I'm not sure that I have the. Uh, supposed to go. Sorry, Sorry, we're taking pictures. Sorry, um, I'm not sure I have the answer for that because um, I got an idea, but I, I don't really know yet. Right, right, and that's it, it. Really comes down to feedback and and how I move. Um, what about um, 
between the kitchen and the brew house, mm-hmm. how much of a um, collaborative spirit is there there? Is there talks yes. of, you know, beer dinners and things like that where you're pairing up this, this dish with this beer and that kind of stuff? Yes, we did. Uh, we have. We've um, started that probably almost a year ago. So we did, uh, we have the company also is uh, Greyhound Tavern. Right. Right. So we were actually preparing meals there and, and doing tastings or, or brewing some beers and kind of trying to pair, see what, what works, what doesn't work. Um, it's not as easy as you think. No, it's incredibly difficult. No, it's, 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 it's not easy. Um, so as we come and open this up, we have ideas. Here's what we're going to do. Start working on them. And you're like, wait a minute. That doesn't work. Right. I can't have a flight with this because the flight comes quick and that comes later. You know, what's my customer going to think if I bring them a drink and their food's 10 right. minutes late or right. 8 minutes late, right? So it's, to say that we have the solution or the final solution for that is we don't have it yet, but I'm, we're, we're dialing in every week. Even just this every idea day, that, you know, on a menu, you can have a dish and it says, hey, this this was either designed or it just happens to pair well with this beer. Like that idea of, of connecting the two sides mm-hmm. of things, I think. Um, obviously, other places have, have tried to do that, but um, I, I feel like it's just never loud enough to people that like, especially when it, when it hits perfect, like to just be like, man, you have to try this food with this beer, right. you know? Well, I mean... There's a catch-22 there. You can push it big time and say, okay, this beer goes with this sandwich. And they're like, no, it doesn't. Right. right? Well, to you, it does. But to <laughs> right. them, it doesn't. <laughs> so I am, um, uh, again, to go on a little little tangent story, uh, I, I'm not a big fan of Rubens. Um, I don't like them for, for various reasons, but it's, it's, it's I'm never going to order one off a menu. However, there have been two times in my life that I really enjoyed some kind of a Reuben. One of them, there was a... Uh, um, a winter beer festival down at, uh, at Moorline and they did, um, these, these beer pairings and the chef brought out these, uh, Reuben egg rolls and paired them up. They had at the time, uh, Helltown riot. It was a rye brown ale. So the rye with the Reuben egg roll, uh, it fit perfect. It was absolutely incredible and made me really, really love that Reuben egg roll. <laughs> um, the second time just recently, it was at a beer dinner, uh, up at high grain. They did kind of the same thing. They took this big rye, uh, it was like a rye doppelbach, a barrel-aged rye doppelbach, and paired it up with like this Reuben tartare thing that was just absolutely phenomenal together. Right. Would never have just ate it by itself. Right, yeah. <laughs> but as soon as you get that that thing that connects in your head as a, as a drinker, and I think for a lot of us, we need some of that guidance sometimes to kind of say, hey, you know, you, you may not ever order this food by itself or vice versa. You may never mm-hmm. order this beer by itself, but trust me, you know, you like this, put this with it and you're going to really enjoy that other thing that you wouldn't have ordered. And uh, being mm-hmm. being so closely involved with uh, the, the brew house and the, the kitchen together has had this opportunity to kind of push people outside of that comfort zone just a little bit um, and, and get them excited about things that maybe they wouldn't have ordered. Yeah. I mean, the unique thing here is, again, this is, this is what we have labeled as a test kitchen and right. for both the brewery and, and for the food, right? Um, what we're learning here is, is valuable to the point where once we launch in independence right. with a very different restaurant and a very different brewery, there's going to be a lot more activity in that exact thing. This is a, it's a good 
good point to kind of, uh, and there's not an answer for this yet, but um, do you think that people when they're walking in here right now are approaching this like it's a test kitchen test brewery kind no. of thing or they're, they're walking in like it's barley corn. It's barley corn. It's barley corn. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like. Go down and have some lunch. I, a couple of drinks on the patio. Which, which is great. But I feel like that idea of the, the, the test side of it, I like, I, I, I that's what I want to get more out of this. I think I want more people to be expended. That's, that's me as a, that's again, I mean, my opinion as yeah. a selfish beer drinker. I want people to experiment and play around with stuff and try yeah. things that they wouldn't try otherwise. And well, by uh, us saying that all the time, we do have that freedom, right? Right. I, that's one of my favorite things about sitting at a bar sometimes is sitting down and somebody walks up and sits next to you and like, man, I, Either I'm not, I'm not a craft beer drinker, man. I don't I don't really know that much about craft beer. I, I'm, I'm curious about this. I want to, you know, and like that, that that back and forth, that exploration, that trying something you've never had before. Like, well, what's an IPA? <laughs> and then that excitement of oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, today it's hard to find someone who is doesn't know that word, right? But, They're like, ooh, I don't like that. Yeah, uh, the, there has to be, still be some people out there that have not tr- really tried one or not really dove into what that means. Has but, to be um, but that's that's the experience I want almost all the time mm-hmm. when I go out drinking is that I, I want I want to feel like people are trying new things. I want to try new things. That's hard to do, but like I, I want to try something I haven't had before. And um, that, that idea of a test kitchen or a uh, uh, pilot brewery or, you know, whatever kind of words you want to put with that is that's what I want is things that like, uh, I look at it and I'm like, Oh, I need to, I need to try that. And I need to see what it's about. Like I, yeah. When I look at a, a tap list and I see Pilsner IPA pale ale, I'm like, okay, yep. I, I know what all those are supposed to taste like. I, I know what I'm expecting. I don't always want to expect something, I guess. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate sense. that. But I. But again, you got to keep the taps full, right? <laughs> find it, yeah, yeah, you have to, <laughs> and you have to find what that identity of what this actually is. Yeah. I think that that's hard too. And it comes. Um, it's hard to just push a button and it happens, right? You have to, you know, think about. Again, going back to my example of having these, these five or six beers that I need to nail down first before I move right. on to something. Right. Else, right? Well, then, you know, you get that. You get that um, standardized, and you got. You know, it's just. You get them on the taps. It's it's what people expect when they come. Then you can start throwing in, right. you know, whatever it may be. It's, it's all about balance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <it's, laughs> let's yeah. let's drink this last one that's teasing yeah. me here. Yeah. Um. Tell me about this beer a little bit, and then we'll dive into the next kind of. Yeah. So this is the. Uh, what we say. This is the wet and wilder, right? No, this yeah, is a Hail Mary. This is yeah. a Hail Mary. So this is just a, a pale ale. And for me, um, this one started, you know, back back before I got into craft brewing or craft, actually liking craft beer, um, transitioning from the Miller Lite by Light, Coors Light kind of deal. Um, the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale was like my crossover, right? Right. And then after that, then it became... Um, the dogfish head, right? Like, this is freaking awesome. Right. Right. And then, so from, from those two, I was like, that, in my head, I was like, I want to be able to brew that pale ale because it was like one of my favorite beers at the time. And this one is, I think it has good balance. It's a little bit outdated, right? It's a, it's a little bit old school. Yeah. But it's, it's not, I don't know. 
But well, you tell me. Outdated or old school. I, I hate calling it outdated because I feel like that's that, that's. Can you really call something like Sierra Nevada Pale Ale outdated? Uh, it's. Can so you? I don't know. If this was sitting on a shelf in a in a bottle or a can or a bottle in the case of Sierra Nevada too, yeah. I think it may feel outdated. But again, you put it in the brew pub atmosphere. Yeah, I'm not saying their beer is outdated. <laughs> it, I'm just might, saying- it might be, but. <laughs> But if you're the if you are the example of the style, uh, even when you're outdated, you should still be on the shelf and you should still be right. selling a shit ton. Well, that was kind of the inspiration for this one. Is yeah. is, is that exact beer? And and you can put something that may be quote unquote outdated on tap, especially in a brew pub, mm-hmm. and it it needs to be there. You know, if um, you know, there's there's a lot of good examples of. Uh, beers that you know. When I name the style, you think of a beer. You know, if right. <laughs> that yeah, and, that and, and maybe that's, a little outdated, what this is. but and, you uh, know, it's easy drinker. It's got some flavor. So it's a great beer. I'm I'm curious. So this is a pale ale. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how many people when they walk up to a bar, look at a tap list and say, "Oh, pale ale. I want that over IPA." Like I think that people will kind of shy away from it because. Because of the style, I think. I think that the, the the style pale ale is going to push people away from it when it probably shouldn't. Yeah, maybe. Um, like, uh, I mean, it's, it's, I don't. I mean, there's not really a good solution to that other than to call it some kind of IPA. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a pale ale that's dry hopped, right? It's good. It is good. I don't know. Uh, what's the, the right answer for that? What's the ABV of this as compared to uh, like the Wet and Wilder? Do you know? If you can read those numbers up there on that yeah, board from here, I'm that's impressed. five three. What water is six nine? Yeah. So I mean that that could be a deciding factor for people too when they're sitting yeah. down. Um, if you show up here at uh, at eleven o'clock in the morning to have some some lunch and uh, you're gonna sneak a beer and maybe you go for the uh, <laughs> yeah. You, you stay away from the heavies. Um, I don't know, or you just have one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> um, uh, let's kind of look, uh, take a step back, go bigger picture of kind of uh, craft beer scene here mm-hmm. in Cincinnati. Uh, you're coming from home brewing, you are. This is your your first jump into the chaos of yeah, I'm the uh, what it means to be a professional <laughs> brewer in this city. Uh, what what are some of the things that you've found in your, again, we're talking just a few weeks that you guys have been open at this point. Uh, so it's not a fair question, but what are some of the things that you've seen as far as the community that, that, that kind of you, you've enjoyed that you uh, appreciate? Well, the, the brewing community itself, um, the help that they offer you and give you and, 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 and talk to you about is, is awesome, right? I've got uh, um, Andy from ABC up the street here right. from Alexander Brewing. Um, answers all kinds of questions, helped me with this, even, I, you know, borrowed some grains from him. Um, Matt from High Grain, super knowledgeable, came in, talked about some things and, you know, just, just willing to, willing to help and, and answer questions for you. Right. It's, it's, it's about a community. And that's what I found is like, I really didn't know that that was how it worked. Well, and like, I think there's been a lot of talk, especially, as we were headed up into COVID, once COVID hit, I think all hell broke loose, but we were starting to hit a point like right before that, where people started kind of questioning if that was still going to continue and if, mm-hmm. if people were really still genuine about it. And I think not to say that there was something good that came out of COVID, but I think when everybody got smacked in the back of the head by, by COVID, um, I think it kind of forced people back into this different mindset of, Oh shit. Yeah. Like uh, that's, 
it's not about me anymore. Like it's, this is, this is a bigger thing that's, that's going on. We're all part of some kind of community. And I, I, I think that coming out of it, um, and I recognize we're not really quote unquote out of it. Don't send me an email. Uh, but as we're coming out of COVID, it gets kind of refocused people like, Oh yeah. Okay. Like I, I get this. I remember, I remember what this community is about. And, um, I, I feel like it's a, it's a really good time right now for the community of craft beer. Um, personally, um, I, there may be people that, uh, that disagree with that, but <laughs> from my experience, yeah. Um, what about, uh, uh, we'll say craft beer in general. Um, we don't have to say locally. What are some of the things about craft beer today that maybe you're making you a little hesitant about it? Like they make you a little, are there any bad things about craft beer right now? No. I mean, I'll throw it out there. We've talked about it a couple times. This this idea of IPA being everything. Yeah. Well, you, you, you see what I've done, right? Understanding that, right? But I mean, like this, just this misunderstanding, I guess, of the consumer of of what different styles are, and the fact that somebody probably will at some point somebody will walk in and they'll order an IPA when they probably want this pale ale, but they don't know that they like pale ale. Is that? Yeah. So six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, we're sitting in this tap room. We're, we're finished up. We're still putting things in place and putting furniture and stuff in. And the crew back here that you see working the bar and in the kitchen, I mean, we had classes on, on that bar doing exactly what we're doing here is talking about these beers. Right and how to explain these beers to customers who have questions, right? They, they are our key to oh, yeah. communicating what that customer is actually, what their expectations are and what we're going to present to them, right? Right. So that was, and there's, you know, still going on now. They're doing a great job. At it. I hear it all, I hear about it all the time, you know. Hey, I went in there and uh, uh, the waitress was very helpful and she's like, uh, well, what do you like? And well, how about, uh, how about this? How about the creamy kitty? You know what? I think you might like the what and wild. Right. You know, just as examples. So well, it's they are the key. They are. It's 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 fun for me. Like when I when I got to stop in when you guys opened up, uh, um, got to come in and sit at the bar, and uh, people didn't know that I was the gnome. Like I just sit down and I get to start having those conversations. Like, and what's I that mean? Start asking some <laughs> questions and seeing how the how the how the bar staff handles it, and that's fun. Like I. Um, that's, that's ruined a little bit now for me. And as soon as I show up here and put microphones for people now, I'm going to walk in next time and somebody's like, hey, I know who you are. And so it's now I've, I've lost that ability to, to, to poke at your bar staff unless right. somebody's not here that I'll encounter. But, mm-hmm. um, it, it, that's it, not that it's underappreciated or misunderstood. I think people get that, that that's important but there still are a lot of places that are falling short on them. Maybe it's because they're busy or whatever it is. And a lot of places are very busy right now. And I get that. But if I walk in and I, um, I ask a question or I order something, there should always be some kind of a conversation. Even if it's like, Oh yeah, you like that. You know, I, have you tried this too? Like there's just some kind of back and forth and that just doesn't happen nearly enough anymore. It was important to us as well as having the proper glassware was to have the, was, was to have our bartenders and our waitresses able to understand what we're, what we're serving and to be able to articulate what the, what the customer can expect. Right. Right. And it's not easy. You know, some, some of them aren't even old enough to drink, right? right. They, but they have to talk about it. Right. So you still have to, the, you still have to know about it. Sitting down, <laughs> you know, looking at them, 
if you're old enough, tasting them, making notes, making your own notes, and then carrying them around this for a couple of days. Same and time, even if they're not old natural. enough to taste them, they're old enough to sniff them. And yes. I think you can learn a whole bunch about a beer by smelling it. Um, maybe even more if you don't get a chance to drink it. Like maybe, uh, I think halfway through a pint, maybe things start yeah. to always taste better. Then you use facial expressions. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. So is there anything that you want people to know about Barley Corn's brew house that you think that they don't know? Um, well, everybody knows barley corns, at least in the region, everybody knows sure. barley corns. Um, what they don't know is our, is our new fresh beers that we have coming out from, uh, from our little five barrel system over here. Um, is, is it available at all the barley corns no. yet? Is that going to happen sometime soon? It will happen. <laughs> um, I got 12 tasks back here and you see, I got six of them. Right. Full, right. right? Currently, everyone is really liking our beers, so they're they're moving very quickly, and we're trying to keep them full. Um, we have so much capacity here, and, right. and, and it's just going to be what it is. Um, that will change soon. Um, soon is ish, ish, yes. <laughs> so no commitments right now, but uh, we, we will always have uh, some core core examples that are on tap at all but times. That is the long term plan. Obviously, is that you'll be able to walk into barley corns and get those beers that yes, you have fallen in love with here. Yeah, whether that's three or whether that's four, whether that's five. Right. Yeah. Uh, or it could be one. I I think I, it'd be more than one. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, it depends how thirsty people are down here yeah. in Wilder. Yeah. Um, I, Wilder, I think for a lot of people, they envision uh, this, this, this southern kind of uh, Wilder. Um, you guys are tucked right in here on the north side of Wilder. If you're hanging out in Newport, uh, it's like... But a, a mile outside of Newport, like you are yeah. like at the, the very top side of it's what Wilder is. It's less than two is. miles, exactly. Um, it's, it's, I mean, not that, not that you're walking from Newport, um, but you could. <laughs> you could. <laughs> you could in theory, I, but I think, don't. I think, you could, I think if you grabbed a bird, it'd probably make it here. <laughs> yeah. If you, uh, if you try to walk, you might get hit by a car on the road. <laughs> so don't do that. But um, it is very close. And like, if again, if you're downtown, obviously if you're in Newport, but if you're in downtown, uh, it's, it's really close to get here. Um, it's, it's, it's practically a downtown brewery. And I think that people don't understand that. And that's what I want people to, to know is that it's very close, very easy to get to. Um, there's food, it's barley corns. You know, there's food, get the wings, (laughs) um, grab a beer. And, uh, this place, uh, this place will, will remind you of, um, of what a brew pub can be because it doesn't have to be that, that standard thing that pops into our head. I just have these visions of like a early drinker sitting at, you know, places like Watson brothers and rock bottom and stuff like that. Of this is a brew pub. This is it. <laughs> you know, you just, mm-hmm. it's, it's not what it is anymore. This is, this is fun. Um, Slight refreshing. Patio. Oh yeah. The, the whole front of the building is a patio again, uh, old firehouse. So garage doors on the front, they open up to the patio. Um, let all of the fresh air and the sunlight in, um, or when the weather starts to change, you'll be able to sit here in the warmth and look out at the, uh, the pretty snow, which is <laughs> just, I just, I'm, it makes me so sad knowing it's so close. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's some pretty cool improvements coming to the patio here soon. Yeah. Just took some lead time. So the next, uh, six weeks or so, there'll be something new out there. Cool. Pretty cool. 
Oh, I look forward to it. Awesome. <laughs> if you guys haven't been here yet, get down here. Craft beer is still alive in Cincinnati. It is, uh, it is alive and thriving. New breweries are coming. I know that it hurts when places close or your favorite spot um, changes, but new is still happening. And um, it's okay. We're growing. We're evolving. <laughs> get out, have a beer, support local, drink local. Cincy Brewcast, it's the voice of Cincy Craft.